Can we thank Mr. Nate one more time? Appreciate you. Now, you know, Nate, we still have a couple open dates before our, our music guy gets here, so we'll chit-chat. We'll chit-chat a little bit. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. really appreciate that. Well, Mother's Day. I mean, is there a more important day in the year? And all the husbands said, no, because you're wise. You have learned the secret to a happy life. Take care of your wife. That's what the Bible says, all right? Paul in Ephesians 5 talks about mutual submission and the woman to respect the husband. And the husband is to lay down his life for his wife, as Christ laid down his life for the church, which means, guys, let me translate that for you guys in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the day-to-day. The answer to your question is, it's never enough. All right, let's continue. <laughs> never enough. Hey, um, uh, thank you. Several of you uh, had conversations with me last week. Uh, when we brought the idea of praying for someone to help um, kind of lead our youth here at, uh, at Christian Life Center and in the surrounding area. Keep, keep that as a, a prayer focus, if you would, here. Uh, I really believe God wants to bring somebody here and uh, really kind of plant a flag to speak into the life of youth culture here at CLC and also in our, in our community. So that's something we're praying for. And hopefully, collectively, we can pray for that. Now, last week, I started a uh, kind of a series, I guess, for May uh, on getting love right. I'm getting love right. And uh, the key verse really was in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, uh, that says, some of you have this memorized, um, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is Love. The greatest is love. Here's what, here's the power of love. The power of love is that love is the how and the why we live. Isn't that amazing? It encompasses both the how we live and the why we live. We live because God is love. He loves us. We love Him back. Then we love ourselves, and then we love others, right? Let, let me go through that order one more time. God loves us. We, uh, we one day have that revelation about the love of God, and then we love him back, and now we can love ourselves, and only when we love ourselves can we love others. The Bible says, love the Lord your God, Jesus said these words, uh, with all of our, quote these words, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, Right. And then what? Love our neighbors as. As ourselves. Right. So love is the how we live and it's the why we live. So we talked a little bit about that last week. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to mention again at the end of May. uh, But right now, today, I want to focus on faith, on faith in the scripture verse. First Corinthians 13, 13. Now, what is faith? 
Uh, if I asked you that question uh, to the crowd here, we probably have several different answers or definitions of the word faith. So I'm going to try to break it down kind of in simplistic terms here um, today. We're not going to get too heavy, too theological. I want to make it practical. Uh, but faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. When you came in here today, I didn't see anybody inspect your chair. Anybody get on your hands and knees and check out your chair? Make sure it was... Nobody did. You just what? You just sat and rested the entire weight of your light body. Come on. That, I got to get love back from somebody on that. From your light body, you just sat down and you rested in that chair. You put your confidence in that chair. And that's how we're supposed to be with God, right? We just rest in God. We, we trust that when he speaks a word to us and we hear his word, we just rest in that word. We trust him. No matter what culture says, we trust him. So faith is complete trust and confidence in someone or something. I remember when our, our kids were young and we had a swimming pool, I, I would try to encourage them to jump from the edge of the pool into my arms in the pool. Anybody ever do that with their kids? It's so much fun. Or maybe as a child, you do that with an adult. It's so much fun. And and some children have more of an intuitive, natural desire to just to jump right away. Others are are a lot more timid, a lot more afraid, a lot less trusting. Right? But here's what's amazing. Once they do it and they know you're going to catch them and it's going to be okay, what do they do? They want to get out of the pool and do it for the next two hours and exhaust the mom or the dad, the adult. But that idea of trusting, a child trusting the parent. And in the same way, the Bible says God wants us to, to live like children and trust God, to trust God as a child would trust a mother or a father. Uh, so God wants us to trust him in the same or similar way. If I were to ask you this question, where do people put their trust how would you answer that? Where do people put their trust? Where's their confidence? Some people might say their, their, their innate skills. Some people might say their, their portfolio. Other people might say their lineage, their family lineage. Uh, hopefully everyone here in the room will say they're, they put their trust in God, in God. I, I like putting my trust, my faith, my confidence in God for several reasons, which we're going to walk through here today. Uh, but one is there's there's only one fixed point of reference in all of creation that's immovable. That's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that is the throne of God. God's throne, his position as creator of all things is immovable. We can, we can trust God. He's going to be here today. He was here yesterday. He'll be here today. And he's going to be there tomorrow. Creator God. On his throne is the one fixed point of all creation. We can bank on him. We can trust him. Hebrews 11.1 1 says these words, great words. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. What we do not see. Come on, how many in the room, you need to see it to believe it. Come on, be honest. Come on. You're just amongst a few friends. I mean, 
Your, your person you identify with in the Bible is Thomas. Come on, help me out. That's your guy, right? I need to see it to believe it. And even then, even if I see it, I need to see some action falling up to really believe it. Come on. You're in the room. You're in the room. Um, I happen to live with one of those people. <laughs> Sharon is very much, I will believe it when you show me. When I see it. And that, there's some biblical precedent to that we're going to cover here today, too. But the Bible says that faith is confidence in what we hope for uh, and assurance about what we do not see. So it's a confidence in our future. It's a confidence in, in God's word that what he says is going to come to pass. Let me read a little more uh, of that verse out of Hebrews 11 to you. Uh, verses 2 and 3 and 6. And so it says here in verses 2, this is what the ancients were commended for. Those we call in the Old Testament, they were commended for their faith. They, they were trusting God for a future they had not yet seen, a promise that had not yet been fulfilled. They were still believing that God was on the throne and he was still going to follow through with his word. Verse 3 says, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was, was not made out of what was visible. We know from the Genesis account that God spoke into existence that which currently exists. Do you believe that today? This is really a priority foundational into understanding who the God we believe in is. His words, he willed into existence through his words all of creation. That's why our words are so critical. We are made in the image and likeness of God. Your words literally have the power of life and death. I believe that. I believe that. Your words are so powerful. That's why it's so important to move away from being um, critical and judgmental and move towards being encouraging and uplifting. Right? I mean, even those of us that love to be critical and judgmental, Love when others build us up. Come on, help me out. I'm talking to somebody in the room right now. I know it. I can feel it. Somebody need to hear that. Right? We want to be around encouraging, uplifting people. I do. I know that. Uh, if someone's critical and judgmental constantly all the time, it's like I'm like one step removed on a constant basis. Until we are no longer in the same circle, somebody help me out. <laughs> I'll do all I can to encourage, to build up, to correct, to challenge, all that, teach. But man, if they keep coming on critical, judgmental, I, I have a hard time. That does not attract me at all. But God's word brought into existence all that we see. And then verse 6 says this, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I don't know about you. I love being rewarded by God. I love it. I, I, I want to press in to who God is. I want to believe who God is. I want to align my life with his words so that I can be in a place where he can pour out his blessings and rewards to me. I know we have that kind of relationship. We have that type of dynamic, God and myself. Why do I know that? Because the scriptures teach that. Do you believe that today? Do you believe God wants to bless you and reward you? 
Come on. Some of you are doubting. Some of you are like, mm, I don't know. Turn to someone and say, God wants to reward you. Come on, help me out. Turn to anybody near you. Yell if you have to. God wants to reward you. He does. You got to believe that. You got to believe that. I don't know about you, but as a parent, one of the most one of the most disappointing, frustrating moments is when my, my any one of my we have four kids, but any one of my children when they don't believe me. That is like that breaks my heart. And on the on the other end, when my kids believe me, it's probably the greatest feeling in the entire world. And God's the same way with you and me. When when we doubt Him that He's going to follow through on His word, it breaks the heart of God. And when we believe him, he wants to pour out. I don't know about you, and I've got one child here right now. I'm just going to say it publicly. Anyways, uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's a good thing, actually. But i got to tell you, our four kids, when, 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 when any of our children would not listen to us and follow through with what we asked them to do, I mean, obviously, we still love them 100%. It's unconditional. But would I want to give them extra in that moment? Would I want to reward them or bless them with additional stuff? No. No, I wouldn't. On the other hand, if we had one of our children listening to us, right, doing what we asked them to do, right, and then maybe even on the occasion you go, hey, mom, dad, what else can I do to help out? Come on, man. Who wants to pass out after those words? I got to tell you, for that child, I'm willing to dig a little deeper Come on, someone help me out. And reward that child a little more. I believe God's the same way with you and me. I really do. I believe the scripture teaches that. So faith is confidence in the promises, the word of God, and the promises of God. You can be confident that when God gives you a word, he's going to follow through. He's going to keep his word. In the Old Testament, the uh, the Hebrew word is hesed. Uh, but if you say it like in the original language, you gotta, you gotta crack down hard on the H. It's really a fun word. It's chesed. You gotta come hard on the H. Don't you wanna practice that a little bit? Just don't spit on anybody. Chesed is the word. And it's, 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 it's translated oftentimes in the Old Testament as loving kindness. It's, it's the, it's covenant. It's God's covenant. His love for you as far as His covenant. His commitment to you. Do you know what love really boils down to in the scriptures? When God gives you his word, he's going to keep it. That's the essence of the word love. God's going to build a relationship with you and me where we can count on his word. We can trust him. He's going to follow through. How many of you have even three people in your life that way? I mean, three would be like a win, right? When they give you their word, they're going to keep it. They're not going to disappoint. Here's the reality in life, unfortunately. Not only will people disappoint us, but we will what? We'll disappoint others. We all have feet of clay. We, we all have weaknesses. We all have sin. We all have struggles. But God will never, ever disappoint. I'm going to go through three points here, if you would, on this conversation on faith. And number one is this. Faith is a gift from God. Faith is a gift, a favor from God. In Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, it says this. 
For it is by grace, uh, which is a free gift, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is the grace of God. This word grace is so powerful, so dynamic. And it's rooted really in the Old Testament, the concept. The word grace is simply this. God just loves you for who you are. So he's going to give you his favor. And let me add this to the back end of that. In spite of me, in spite of you, right? He just chose you. Do you know, the, and we have a hard time sometimes with the concept of God choosing us, favoring us, simply because he loves us. But that is rooted in the Old Testament. God chose Abraham. God chose Isaac. We certainly know God chose Jacob, right? We know that. God chose Israel. When God intercepted, when Jesus intercepted the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus and chose Paul to be his apostle to the Gentiles, Paul wasn't like, wow, why? You know, he wasn't stumbling over the fact God chose him. Right? He understood the concept of being chosen. So for it is by grace you have been saved. God chose you through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. Not by works. Can we say that together? Not by works so that no one can boast. One more time. Not by works so that no one can boast. Nobody here can brag about your faith or your salvation or your Christianity. Could you imagine how annoying church would be if that was the case? I mean, the word obnoxious comes to mind. (laughs) You know, everyone here would be like all that in the bag of chips or all that in the side of guacamole, right? That would be so annoying. But no, instead, God gets all the credit. God gets all the glory all the time. If anything good happens in my life, it's because of God. If anything doesn't happen because of me, I own it, right? That, that's, that's the deal. But it's not by works that no one can boast. Verse 10, for we are God's handiwork. Probably a better translation is masterpiece. You're a masterpiece from the hand of God. And all that God touches is good. All that God touches is good. Do you believe that? The the, the new you that God's transforming is good. The old you, maybe not so much. I don't know you all. (laughs) I know human nature. But the new you that God is transforming is good. When God touches, it is good. You're a masterpiece made in the image and likeness of God. You're being recreated. It says you're created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. We're not saved by works, but we're called to do good works. There's a little formula here. I think once we grasp grace, the favor of God, God chose us. And it goes like this. We, we receive the gift, and then we become grateful, and then we become givers. We receive the gift of God, we become grateful, and then we become givers. Grateful people are givers. The evidence that you are grateful for the grace of God in your life is you're a giver. You're a giver. And so that leads us to point two. And point two, we're going to look at James. And number two is this. Faith is always accompanied by helping others. Always. One of the evidence that the work of God is in you is you have a desire, an inclination 
to when you see a need, meet the need. When you see a need, meet the need. And here's, if someone claims to have faith, but has no deeds, can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes, daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by actions, is what? Dead. Not mostly dead. Not nearly dead, but dead. It is dead, dead, dead. There's no life to that type of faith. So James is encouraging us, trying to motivate us to understand where do we stand with God? Where do we stand? Do we have faith in God? And one of the evidence that we have faith is there's this inclination to help others. Now, you're going to hear this phrase from me a lot. Um, I believe the way the Holy Spirit works oftentimes in the kingdom of God is oftentimes God's going to help you see a need because he's going to want you to meet the need. You might, you might have seen a need or walked by a need a hundred times. And one day your eyes and your heart's going to be open to actually see the need. And has that ever happened to anybody? Uh, and that's going to happen here at CLC. Um, there's going to be a lot of needs here. And there's going to be a lot of you that are going to want to help out. There's going to be a lot of you that are going to want to help out. There's going to be a lot of you that are going to want to help out. You're going to see a need. And, and some of you, with all the good intention in your heart, you're going to see a need. And your instinct is to be to come up to me and say, Pastor, we have a need in this church. And you need to take care of it. Now, let me just forewarn you how I operate. And it's based on the scriptures, I believe. Uh, here's going to be my response to you. In, lo- in love, Brian. It's going to be in love? Of course. It's gonna be in love. I'm going to say, if God showed you the need, guess what? He wants to work through you for you to meet the need. Okay, you've been forewarned. So that's going to be coming. Uh, but seriously, God, God, God shows us needs because he wants oftentimes for us to meet that need. Number three, faith makes all things possible. Faith makes all things possible. If God can create the universe, the heavens and the earth, he can do anything. He can do all things. All things are possible with God. Do you believe that today? This is gonna be real. This is gonna be a real. I'll be driving this home for weeks and months and years to come. All things are possible. With God. I believe that. Uh, one reason we came because we believe that all things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. God has always had His hand on Christian life. Always, always. Everyone say always. Always, always, always. He has never left his purposes for Christian life. There's been a few speed bumps. There one or two. Tom, a couple. A couple speed bumps. Got to get over that. Right? Uh, but God's hand's always been on Christian life center. And we believe that all things are possible. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention two scripture verses here with the word balance in between. This is real critical to understand as Christ followers. Um, so Jesus is going to uh, this recording of his interaction with his disciples. 
And in this situation, uh, there was a, uh, a man who had a son who was uh, struggling. He was sick and uh, he was demon possessed. And the man went to Jesus' disciples to, to, to heal the boy, to cast out the demon. And they couldn't do it. They tried. They tried, but they couldn't do it. Um, so the disciples, uh, so Jesus took care of it. Any of you guys remember the story in Matthew 17? Uh, Jesus was, um, how can I put this? He was a little, little perturbed with the disciples. A little bit, a little bit. Little, little like, oh my gosh, how much longer I gotta be with you guys. You, you ever, you ever been there with people? You ever look up to heaven and say, Father God, how long? How long? Lord, please. Uh, this is why when you visit family, when you travel and you visit, like three days is good. Come on, someone. About three days, right about three. And, uh, yeah, as happy as you were to see them come, I'll let you finish that. Anyways, so uh, so Jesus ends up healing uh, the boy and the disciples. Like, man, why, why couldn't we do it? We wanted to. We wanted to do it. We wanted to heal that boy to cast the demon out. And here's Jesus' response. Matthew 17, 20. You... Don't have enough faith. Another translation says, because you, you had so little faith. Now, now you got to catch this. This is real. This is kind of tricky to follow. Just kind of follow along here. And then Jesus told him this, because you've probably heard that phrase before. Maybe you believe in God for something, and uh, and maybe you kind of beat yourself up a little bit, saying, "Man, I, I need more faith." Come on, Any, I've been there. Have you ever been there? Uh, or maybe someone's told you that. If, if you only had more faith, right? And so th- a lot of times in the church, there's a lot of guilt and condemnation uh, because of some misunderstanding of the scriptures. So Jesus says, because um, you're so little faith, you didn't have enough faith. And then he goes on to tell them, this is real critical to get this. I tell you the truth, these are Jesus' words. I tell you the truth, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed. Now, you got to get this. It was the smallest seed back in the day in this region. So, so he's not even, honestly, he's not even talking about not having enough faith or having so little faith. He's really saying, you don't really have faith in me in this situation. Does that make sense? Because he's going to give an illustration of a seed that's so small that even if he had that, you can move mountains. They had less than that. If they had any faith at all, it was simply believing in him, but not so much believing in him to do the miraculous through them. It's so critical to get this. So critical to get this. Because it's never about the amount of faith that we have. It's about where we're placing our faith. In who are we placing our faith? If you have faith as a mustard seed, mountains will move in your life. Huge obstacles will move out of the way in your life. If it's as small as it must be, but it's in Christ, he's the one that does the work in our lives. So he goes on. He says, you can you could move, uh, say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. So where's the balance? Here's the balance. 
especially in a church that believes in miracles like we do, like we do, we believe in miracles. Come on, man. We believe in miracles. Still, we still believe in miracles, right? Amen. Modern day miracles. Here's the balance. Jesus, before he was crucified, went to the garden to pray, brought along his core, his top three lieutenants. And what did they do? In his time of need, they fell asleep. So anytime your friends fail you, just remember this moment here in Jesus' life. But anyways, it says, And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, it's him and God, him and his father, if it be possible, now we already know all things possible with God, right? If it be possible, let this cup of suffering, what he's about to experience, leading up to and on the cross, let this cup Pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Here's the balance. Here's the balance. This is so important to get this. We can pray all the bold prayers we want. We can ask God to remove or to add things in our life. But at some point in that prayer, we've got to remember the prayer of Jesus himself right here. God, if you could remove this suffering, especially suffering, if you could remove this suffering I'm about to experience, if there's another way to redeem your creation, I'm all in. But God, not my will be done, but yours. How many of you have been there? Come on. How many of you have prayed, you've prayed, you've asked, you've asked, you have sought, you, you, you have asked, you have not, and, and God just never opened that door. And at some point, We've got to be willing to say, but God, not my will be done, by, but yours. And here to me is one of the ultimate tests of faith, if you will. At least in my life. I'll, I'll own this personally. See if you can relate to it. I know I'm having faith. I know I'm being faithful with God. When I'm praying, even in boldness, even in confidence, for a miracle, for something I want God to do. But at the end, I say, God, not my will, but yours. And, and here's, 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 the, here's the rub. Am I trusting God for the outcome of my prayer? Or am I trying to control the outcome? Or am I measuring God's faithfulness by the outcome of my prayer? There have been so many people in the church because their prayer didn't get answered their way. Come on, someone help me out, man. Their prayer didn't get answered their way. I mean, they know there's a God, but they got confused who God is. Come on, someone help me out. Man. They got a little confused who God is. But because their prayer didn't get answered their way, they walked away from God. That's really a dangerous place to be. Dangerous place to be. But here's, here's my encouragement to you. Here's my challenge to you. Will you, as you're, as, you're, as you're putting your faith in God, as you're trusting God, as you're praying for whatever you need and others around you need, will you trust God for the ultimate outcome in those prayers? Will you do that? Will you do that right now? Whatever you're praying for right now, some, some of you, I can feel it, some of you are saying, Come on. How many control freaks do we have in the room? 
man, you, you just, all you know is massaging, manipulating, quiet conversations in the shadows with people because you want to control outcomes. Come on. Now, sometimes that's healthy. Sometimes there's wisdom, right? And I'll tell you, you, you try doing that with God. I mean, just let, tell me your testimony one day. <laughs> let me know how that went. We've got to trust God with the outcomes. This is so critical. And this to me is kind of, this kind of brings down faith to where, if you want to use the term, the, the rubber meets the road. So let me ask you a question today as we wrap this up. Nate, why don't you come up here? He's got one more song for us uh, as we wrap up. But what, what are you believing God for today? Personally. Maybe individually, your family, your career, someone you know. Because we, 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 we all have a hope for a preferred future, right? We all have a hope for a preferred future. And for those that are Christ followers, God's in that whole process of what that is. So what are you believing God for today? Will you trust him for the outcome? Yeah, here, here's the thought, just a thought, just a thought. God may have a better plan for your life than you do. Turn to someone and say, that's pretty good. Come on, come on, turn to them, come on. That, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. God may have a better plan for your life than you do, than I do. Sometimes when we get surprised by God, it's for our benefit, for his glory and our benefit. And then finally, let me ask this question. What are we collectively believing God for as a church? Uh, as I've onboarded here at Christian Life Centers, we've onboarded. I've heard a lot of people talk about a, uh, a move of God to reach the lost. I've heard that over and over again. There's a faith here, there's a confidence in this room with this body of believers that God is going to do something spectacular, remarkable, uh, something that there's no plan, there's no strategy. It's a move of God. It's a move of God. Are we believing for that to happen here? I am. We are. I know many of you are. Uh, but uh, but it's going to be it's going to be challenging when it happens. Because um, you might walk in one day to your seat and it might be gone. So you want to challenge you want to challenge your Christian character? That'll challenge your Christian character right there. You might drive up to your parking spot and it might be gone. I mean, one day you might have to park like far away. That's gonna challenge some of you right there. But we're believing that. So I want to pray with that in mind, and. Um, before I do that, just remember all, all, all the moms, there's a, little, there's a little, little special gift for you as you exit today. So make sure you pick up your little, your little, little gift from Christian Life particularly the children, the children, children's ministry. Uh, but let me pray. I want you to stand with me, and I, I want to believe God for what he's going to do here uh, to be a lighthouse, to be a lighthouse in this community. Bible says if we lift up 
Jesus. He will draw all people to himself. He'll do it. He'll do the work. In the same way that he brought the animals to the ark, you know, God did that, right? It wasn't like he didn't have like a duck whistle or anything. Or, you know, God sent the animals to the ark. In the same way, he's going to bring people. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Let's pray for that. Father God, I'm so grateful for everyone here. Uh, God, I'm so grateful for all who call Christian Life Center home. God, I'm so grateful for all who are, who are guests here today, who maybe in the future will call Christian Life Center home. God, we want, to want to be, we want to be people of faith and faithful to you. People of faith who are being faithful to you. God, we want to be a lighthouse in this community. God, we want to be people who, who are willing to reach out and God, help bring others to you, to introduce them to you. God, to help them learn about who you are. God, to grow, to help grow them in their faith, their knowledge of the scriptures, the knowledge of serving one another. God, will you give us the honor to do that? We trust you for it. In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen. Amen. Let's sing one more song together.